This is Raphael, and you're listening to The Diary of an Innovator, a show that allows you to hear the intimate and vulnerable, never-told stories of entrepreneurs and business professionals and their journey to bringing their vision to life. Some will be five-figure earners, some will be six-figure earners, some might even be eight-figure earners, but what they all have in common is they decided to go for it. Each story will inspire you, encourage you, empower you, and even educate you so that you can do the same. But always remember, the first step is write the vision and make it plain. Good evening, everybody. This is me, Raphael, and I'm super excited because we have Lakita Long, excuse me, Dr. Lakita Long in the building today, and she has decided to join our leadership series, and she's going to talk about whole person wellness, how to be whole as a leader as you take this trip into ownership, as you take this trip into being your own business owner, as you take, just take these next steps into being who God has called you to be. And if you don't know Dr. Lakita, let me introduce her. <laughs> she is a woman of God, woman of faith, but she is on a mission to change 1 million lives of women across the world, spiritually, mentally, and physically. And she is a businesswoman in her own right, CEO of three different companies, Inspiring You Ministries. She's the CEO of LDL Empowerment Group. And she's also the CEO of Mental Health in a Church. And I can talk about what she do and who she is for days, but let's hear from the mouth of Lakita. Lakita, welcome to the building. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you so much. You make me feel so large. <laughs> you are large, you are phenomenal. And this is what I need the people to know and hear because what you're going to give them, the tips that you're going to share in this interview is going to be life-changing. And I need people to understand and realize that you have over 30 years in this. So you're not coming playing any games they need to pull out their notebook and really take tips and really write this stuff down because you're really about to help change their life so without further ado or notice let the people know who you are where you are how you started this journey well i'm just so elated first of all thank you so much for having me your wonderful audience and all the people that are out there just listening i love life i really 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 love life and i think that because i started off with it being a little rocky, felt bad about myself, humiliated. People didn't always think I should be in the position that I was in. I was picked last and primarily because of my family and where we lived at and all of that. And so I developed a lot of kind of emotional issues and thank God that the emotional issues didn't completely take me out of here. It made me kind of relook at my life and reconsider what I wanted from my life. And mm -hmm. as an early, at an early age, three years old, I realized I had an ability to get people to listen to me. There was a woman uh, by the name of May May that lived in the same block that I did. I'm from Long Beach, California. Come on, Long Beach. Yeah, that's <laughs> thing, right? Come um, on. Yes. And so, but I was three years old. And by that time, my mother had already taught me how to read. I went to kindergarten when I was four and I was at May May's house 
she was a kind of you know, mobile, immobile, older black woman. And ironically, there were a lot of women like that. And at the time I didn't realize it, but now I know she had diabetes. So they would get amputated way back then, but I didn't know. And so I would go to her house and I would say, do you need some help, Miss Maymay? And she'd say, come on in here, little Lakita. And I would come on in there and I said, what you got going on, Miss Maymay? And she would say, what you got going on? And I would say, well, it looked like you need me to read to you and tell you what's going on in our world. And she said, well, come right on and read to me. And I would read to her the press telegram, which was the paper in my city of Long Beach. At three years old? Three years old. And Mom. I would read her the, the press telegram articles. I said, are you listening, May May? And she would say, yes. And I would read to her. And then I would do my own commentary. Did you hear it? Oh my, so many things going up. And she would say, I heard it. And then I would kind of share other things. The same thing happened. Kindergarten, I was with Miss Johnson's class. And so I noticed people listened to me, especially older people. And I just kind of kept that to my heart. And then I got eight years old and I had a situation that had happened when I got eight and it looked like it was going to kind of try to set me back. I was sexually uh, molested one time and I thought it was going to set me back but it really became the fuel for why I desire that people be well from the inside mm -hmm. out and that's what started this entire journey like yes. your personal experience got you to where you are now yes okay so let's talk about where you are now like what are you doing what is your mission what is your cause well, my mission and call is to be a MIT, M-I-T-T, -T, and that's to be a motivator, inspirer, trainer, teacher, and transfer of information. And like an actual glove or an actual mitt, I catch things, people, organizations, ideas. I catch things. I help people to understand, to sit still for a minute, but, and then I give them what they need, and then I throw them back where they're supposed to go. I learned early on that when I held on to things too long, I got sick, they got sick, nobody moved and we all became stuck. But then it like clicked when I was like 19. No, I'm just supposed to fuel them, put it in them, empower them, speak to them, teach and throw them back. And as a result, became a college professor, did all of that stuff, went to school, got a doctor degree, all those wonderful things. And right now I'm doing the love of my life. I am motivating women and men Love it, love it, love it. In the church, out of the church. As a matter of fact, we just got finished doing our programming for our mental health in the church stuff for this year. So we always start in April and I'm just so elated. Just got back the graphic design for it. It's going to be hot. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yes. And what are you doing? What are you doing in that specifically? Because I know you're mitt, you're catching and you're throwing. Can you explain to us how you're doing that and what you're doing that in? Yes, absolutely. So my three core values, and I think that every business person should have core values that they stand on. My three core values that I live by, number one, sober or sobriety. You must be sober. You've got to be sober. I come from the scripture of 1 Peter 5 and 8, be ye sober, be vigilant, because the devil, your adversary, he roams about, he's looking, he's seeking, and the devil can be many things. The scripture says in John 10 and 10, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I say that fear is a thief. Procrastination is a thief. Insomnia is a thief. Poor health is a thief. All of these things hinder your ability to be great. So sobriety, because if you're not sober minded, then you can't do the next thing of my core value, discipline. 
I believe you must be disciplined, disciplined to wake up, disciplined to take action, disciplined to move, disciplined to keep momentum and have a vibe. I think you ought to bring a vibe and an energy everywhere you go. And that can't just be because you want to. It's a disciplined effort. And my third core value is intentionality. You must be intentional about every single thing that you do, like down to what's the color. I know people probably say she gets on my nerves because she's just now I'm a little bit more ticky tack like okay I don't really want that that ain't really going to work because I know the end result but being intentional about the process so sober discipline and intentional and when you have that it's a great start it's a great start it's a great start to help you become whole again it's a great start to help you within your process it's a great start for which piece a part of their life it's a great start, I think, for all of it. I think sometimes we only look at our lives from a space of the personal side. I chose to actually look at the life that I have holistic, every aspect. So for me, starting out early on, I looked at my walk with God as being not anything separate from the secular world. I actually relied on every gift that God illuminated in my life. I relied on it getting through Cal Berkeley. I relied on it getting through graduate school and then another graduate school to get that doctorate. I relied on the Holy Spirit. I relied on discernment. So if there's no sobriety in your life, your personal life cannot function well. And one of the things that I think people do is they make the mistake of believing we can masterfully do a whole lot of things. And I used to believe that I could do that too. But I'm telling you, we got to get sober-minded about the thing that we need to do. And right now, my focus is to build those three companies. But the sobriety really comes in. I better get some other people who can also run those companies and do the things so I can remain the visionary. That comes with sobriety. That comes with thinking clearly, thinking all the way through. It also comes with a level of discipline. So I was up at 2.20 this morning for a leadership teaching with my leadership team for 6 a.m. So it's a discipline because I want them to feel the energy of not that I just got up, but that, hey, I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) And they said- That energy. Yeah, I want them to feel it. And then the intentionality. So it starts with the personal life, but it should go throughout the entirety of your life. And can you talk to us about the entirety of one's life? And I know Dr. Joe Montague talks about like the whole person wellness, but I want to hear specifically from you, like when dealing with whole person, like what does that encompass and what does that entail? Because I can have my core values, but if I don't know what it means to even be whole as a person, as a leader, as a business owner, as a woman, or even as a person in faith, then these core values is just going to be running around crazy, right? So can you explain to us what that is? Absolutely. So one of the things I think is really, really critical that every person, women, men, whomever, we should all be asking ourselves, there's an assessment tool that I created. It's called Business Plan for Life. Okay, it's a trademark tool that I I created to help people to really augment how they see their lives. And I believe that every last one of us should operate as if our life is a business. So when you see me, Lakita D. Long Incorporated, it's a business. And, And the functionality of that has a series of questions that I ask people. And that really gets them to the space of wholeness. For example, one of the questions is, 
What do you want out of your life? Another question, because you'd be surprised. People say, I want a house, but they do nothing that says they want a house or nothing that says they want a Mercedes or nothing, right? I want a million dollars. What I'm telling you right now, having done that process, we worked, right, we worked 20 hours. When my, my, my then husband were married, we became multimillionaires in a year and a half, but we, I had two phones. I had a laptop in the bed. He had a laptop in the bed. It was just God awful. Good thing he's a great closer and I'm a great presenter and trainer. So we figured out, right? And we figured out like, let me train and you close. So mm-hmm. I, I would get the 300 people in the room, the investors in the room, and then he would show them all the stuff. And then we would create lifestyles for people that, that worked. And so you have to ask the question, what do you want? You have to ask the question, how long have you been wanting that? So if I was using my own assessment tool, the first, the other question is, how long have you been in business? Well, 46 years. I'm 46 years old. I've been in business for 46 years. Who's your support team? Who are the people that's in your life? What do they invest in you? These are all questions. When you are sad, can you still work through the sadness? Mm. It's so critical. And this is the thing. And here's the thing. You may work through it, uh, the sadness, but do you have the product, the fruit at the end of the work? That's the key. And I worked through sadness, broke, sleeping on somebody's couch with a doctor, starting over, debt, and, and working through the sadness and working through the process and wondering when is it going to end? And you will always know that wholeness is there when you refuse to see the end. Nice. You understand what I'm saying? So most people who are uh, bound by fear, and we know that fear brings torment, right? There's nothing great about fear. Fear, when it comes, even scripture says in 1 John, look, the fear that you got is going to bring torment. And it's not of God. Because perfect love casts out fear. So I always tell people, if you're fearful in a job position, you don't love the job and you don't love the organization. Mm. You should probably exit. Because if you don't, the fear that you have and the hatred that you have for the job will turn out to defaming your own character because fear has no love. It has no love for you. So it will cause you to turn on your own self. Yeah. Fear does. It has that power. Oh, I wish I could go into it. I did a whole little study about and let me just say this. As much as you can. This is what I'm trying to say. And I want to make sure I point this out because I think this was so pivotal before you made your transition that looking at yourself as a business. So if you, <laughs> this is so important because that's who our audience is. We're dealing with business owners. How you conduct yourself is going to be a mirror to how you conduct and run your business. So the reality of the wholeness is not allowing the fear to overtake you and to make you stop. When you're whole, you can go through things even if you're not sure of a thing. Fear always stops you short. And one of the biggest things about as a business owner, I want you to really hear me. Those of you who are out there, you need to make jumps and changes and scales, scale up and all this kind of stuff. Fear really, I did some research and really helping people across the country. Fear is really when you and I refuse to make a decision. Mm. We'll always be fearful when there is no decision made. The moment we make a decision, fear cannot rest because we made a decision. 
young people that are trying to go off to college. They got six different colleges they want to go to. They're fearful. Oh, I don't know which one to go to. The fear is high. The anxiety is high. The moment they make a choice, the fear dissipates because they have put their yes to a commitment. And most business owners do not succeed because there is no yes to their commitment. That's good. Because it goes back to you saying just you as a person and as an individual. If you can say yes to a commitment to changing your life, because you're all about spiritual, mental, and physical wholeness and wellness for you all over. So if you can't make a commitment to be sober-minded, if you can't make that commitment and say, yes, I'm going to be disciplined and yes, I'm going to be intentional, then you're not going to reach that place of wholeness or you're not going to reach that place of success because you yourself aren't properly positioned to be able to fulfill those roles in your physical life, in your daily life. Absolutely. And and in order for that to take place, really, you got to get real specific about what it is that you really want for your life and get serious. And something that my mentor told me is you got to quit playing with your life. And too many people are playing with their life. If you say you want to make $20,000 a month, then why are you happy with 2000 with $18,000? Sure. So we've got to figure out how we're going to get there. Give them no rest, huh? You're not no going to give rest. them no rest at all. If you say that you want to make the 20, we're not saying $19,999,000. You need to make that 20. You're right. playing if you're not reaching your goals. Yes. <laughs> and we need to reach the goal. And the goal is, is trust in the process too. I think in business, so you have your core values. You understand about the fear. You understand about where you are with fear. You understand about the business plan for life. You recognize that your life is a business. And so if you don't invest in you, the business, then you will run in the red instead of the black. So personal self-care is important. Mental health stability is absolutely important. Your ability to manage your own emotions, your own financial affairs, whether you got a dollar or a thousand, ability to be able to manage the dollar is critical just like the thousand. If you are mismanaging the dollar, you will mismanage the thousand. You're speaking to someone who mismanaged the thousands. So she is very aware. We're not doing that now, but we are very aware. And we we weren't buying shoes. We just didn't have the right concept of what should be paid, how things should be paid. Because I I hate bills. So I would pay everything. And then guess what? You have no money to do nothing with. So you always feel like you're chasing behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? No, that makes a whole lot of sense. But I think the part that stood out to me the most is something I want you to really dive deep in is when you were talking about investing in yourself. And I know that you're a wellness curator and you're all about wellness and even with the whole person. But if we want to tone in on the physical, mental, and spiritual aspect, what does that what does that look like? How can someone invest in their mental well-being and their spiritual well-being? The first investment is acknowledging that you have a need. 
That is the first investment. <laughs> Proverbs, uh, very specifically, in one of the wonderful verses in Proverbs, it says that we won't prosper if we lie. So when you and I lie, there is no prosperity. And every time we will not do what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, to trust in the Lord, to acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. Well, many paths are not directed because there's no acknowledgement unto the Lord. And I'm, I say, just like I'm talking, I have said these verses in secular trainings, probation officers, colleges, universities I've taught at. One, because I'm a marketplace evangelist, I have the gifting to be able to say scripture in those environments. And it's heard like I'm speaking a philosophy or a Shakespearean thought. Right? <laughs> um, and so the number one way about the wellness and about self-care is acknowledging your need for it. Mm-hmm. And then when you acknowledge the need, whatever you have need of, you are responsible to go and get it. Go get it. If that means you can't have your Starbucks coffee for two months because you need to get the leakiness of your mind that's too fragile, stronger, then do that. If there's an opportunity to be able to be a part of something, like we have an LDL Empowerment Institute, be a part of something, then do that and allow yourself the time to repair. So the self-care starts with you acknowledging that you need it. And then the second thing is take action. Take action. Action. No more talking. <laughs> action. <laughs> action. You know, so many two of us, we say that we need help or we want help and we're so used to complaining and just talking about it and not doing anything about it. So I like that you say that, like, no, we're going to acknowledge it. But once we acknowledge it, the work doesn't stop there. You're going to take action. You got to do the work. Got to do the work. And then what does that work look like? I know everybody's, I know everybody's journey is different, but I want you to be able to touch on that a little bit, just dealing with the leaders and just dealing from your realm and like your experience and your knowledge, like what would that work actually look like? So people aren't thinking it's just roses and that it's just gravy. Things just flowing <laughs> perfectly, right? Just touch on that a little bit. So everyone's journey is different, but there are some paths and there are some things that are very specific to all of us. And as I stated earlier about the acknowledgement piece. I think coming to yourself and say, like I, one of my mantras every single day that I have is I wake up, I thank God, I go into my quiet time, but I always say, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I have knowledge of a lot of things. Word of knowledge is one of my giftings. I know things that I don't even know how I know things. It's really, it's a spiritual God that I, I see letters and I'm like, whoa, I see a word never heard of and get the interpretation of the word. That's just a gift. Right? But I say, I don't know. I don't know enough. And that vulnerability, mm-hmm. leaders, the vulnerability of you not knowing enough, enough is what's going to allow you to have more than enough. It's the be humble and not a false sense of humility, mm-hmm. but a real sense of humility so that you can be honest about where you're at. I don't know enough. So I need to learn something more, something more. And then the other piece about acknowledging that is coming to a space in a place. You got to do the hard work. One of the things I thought about when we're thinking about the, the challenges when I started doing the um, Walk It Off Girl challenges in 2020. I know what that is. Yes, and let me, let me share. Share what it is. Share yes, what it so, is so, 
and then go. <laughs> All right. So you got, so, so 11 and a half, 12 years ago, my son was six, seven, eight months. I was in a very depressed space, place, terrible marriage, trying to find a way out and no way out. I was 45 pounds overweight. I'm five, four, so 190 pounds. So I was at the weight that I was when I had my son and he's my second child and just really feeling like some kind of way he would not uh, rest in the house. And uh, probably because it's just a lot going on. So I would have to walk with him and walk, put him in the stroller. And one day when I walked outside of my house with him in the stroller, I'm walking maybe 25 steps or so. I heard just as loud as I'm talking to you, walk it off, girl, get rid of the weight of the world. And God said, run back to the house. I ran back to the house and he gave me a whole program, a whole 52 week program. It's a behavioral mindset program that incorporates wellness information that we do in terms of our bodies and physical things. And then it also creates and has an aspect of the spiritual side, as well as the psychological. So it intertwined all of those things and then boom, see the result. So I started doing it and it kind of hit and missed and kind of came and it worked and did not work. And I realized it really didn't work because I didn't really work with it. I worked with it as long as I felt the inspiration. And then when I didn't see the inspiration, I was like, oh, but I knew not to get rid of what God it gave me. I just wasn't working it myself. Then I got serious, 2017, started walking 10,000 steps or more. And then I lost 50 pounds. I lost 50 pounds in 2011, lost in 2013, but it's up and down and up and down. And then I got sick and tired. I'm not doing up and down. We're going to go ahead and we're going to be at the size I want to be, period. May 1st, 2017, I made a pact with myself. I'm walking 10,000 steps or more every single day until I go into the grave and something clicked. So I held it, I did it. And then still walking up girl did not do anything. I just had the concept still in my spirit. I still had all the notes. I did all the stuff that I already had written out, typed up, and then comes June the 30th. All right, listen, leaders, an opportunity approached me about buying into a company. And when I sat and thought about the company, it was wellness and all this stuff. And I said, well, I want to sit at the table, make decisions. And they were like, well, you can kind of be able to sit at the table. And I said, well, let me sleep on it. I woke up in the middle of the night and June the 20th, the 30th is when I was supposed to give them my answer. The 28th of June, I woke up and says, I'm not doing it. I'm going to go for it. And then God says, do 100 women, 100 days, 1 million steps. And boom, I set up the group and 1,500 people signed up and I haven't looked back. So here's the deal. This is the deal. And I need people to catch this. Number one, it was deposited inside of you years before you actually got to the place where you are now, right? It was a year's worth of journey. So that's number one. Number two, you started it, you didn't see the success, and that's because you can admit that's the vulnerable place and the humble place you said that you have to be in as a leader. You didn't put in the work, so you tabled it. Number three, you took the program and you did it yourself before you offered it to other people, to other group, to these other women. And it to- began to be a seller on its own. People noticed even before I did the walk it off girl challenges, they were so amazed from 2017, like, cause I would involve them, which was strategic. I would involve the Facebook world in my journey. 
And they just saw it like going away. Saw, cause I was walking and then my mentor would come and walk and 10 miles a day. So I would get up to 10 miles a day. And so I did that and then it just, boom, the weight went gone and it changed everything. And then I had an amazing woman by the name of Raphael who had came <laughs> in my life and changed the game. And that's a whole nother story segment, but it needs to be that you are part of that game changing face value of knowing what you were good at and saying, oh, that's not going to work. Not to look either. That brand is not going to work, but that color will work. And I used to be like, just put it up. It's not going to work. <laughs> you would hold your guns. And because of it, it changed the trajectory of all of my businesses. Absolutely. So really holding true to the vision that God gave you and that he gives you, you have to. And it started the brand launched out. Uh, 250 customers later. Wow. I had the shirt already 12 years ago. I still have one of the first shirts made 12 years ago. And I I just looked at it because I just moved 12 years ago. And I said, I'm going to keep it. And it still was in pretty good shape. The logo. And I thought, man, and when I wear this shirt, people's like, what's walking off girl? It's an eye catcher. And people ask. So I'm encouraging you guys to never give up if you believe that it will actually do what it says that it's going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like your whole story is a testimony within itself. You had something that was planted 12 years ago and 12 years ago today, you had 1500 people sign up for a program and now you're changing the lives of so many women, like women getting off of oxygen tanks and women who had diabetes and no longer have diabetes anymore because you've taken them through this program of whole person wellness, mind, body, and spirit to really become whole again. It's not just one thing. You got to have all three and encompass it all so that you can truly be the leader that you need to be. You can't hold on to something 12 years and perfect it and be great at it if you're not physically well. You're not going to last. You're not going to stand the time. That's probably why you had to walk off your weight. And if you're not mentally in the space you need to be, how can you pour into other people? So she did the program first, you guys. I mean, I just, <laughs> that's just a sentiment within itself. You have a beta group and then you launch it. You don't just yeah. launch it not knowing because you want to make sure that thing work. And we did it. We did a hundred day and I launched it like I had, 10 people on my team and it was just me and the computer and (laughs) it was me and the computer but it felt like the way people have told me now that were part of that 100 day beta that we did last july 2020 they thought that there was 10 people working with me and there was no 10 people there was nobody working with me but when you become decisive and that's the thing that leaders can never lose as a leader you can never lose your vision without a vision the people will perish you will die and perishing is a slow death it's not that you cut off dead perish is that you slowly die that's why people are still in position but they're not effective because they're perishing oh i'm not going to be on here to talk about but if you want to be a leader and progressive you have to look at the spirit of caleb and joshua you have to look at the spirit behind how they moved they said we are well able to go up and possess it well able no not just able well (laughs) (laughs) we we got a promise and we got particulars along with the promise. And so I have a promise 
but I also have the particulars. The particulars is I'm never going to stop. The particulars is you may outthink me, but you won't outdo me because my perseverance just, it knows how to wait. I know you, how to wait my turn. You're not afraid to do the work. Absolutely. And you're not afraid to do all of the work that needs to be done so that you can be where you are today. And that's the wholeness. And that's what I wanted to get the audience to really see and understand. Because when we're in dealing with business in general, we talk about finances, we talk about numbers, we talk about projections, we talk about vision, and all those things are important, right? But what about the person? What about the leader? Like you can't do nothing if the leader isn't well. So I just want to thank you for coming on and just sharing those tips and sharing those nuggets. Like you shared personal things about yourself and you came in here vulnerable. You came in here humble and you're letting us know like mental, spiritual and physical well-being is imperative in order for us to be the leaders in order for us to be the business owners that God has called us to be so if you can before we end this interview can you let us know just give us give us one more tip one more tip one more secret this is our diary (laughs) so so I'll give you something it's one of my favorite quotes that I came up with in 2007 I adopted a high school class of about 35 kids that they were just kind of going to release from the school in Oakland, California. And they asked me to come in volunteer basis and to see what I could do with (laughs) these young people. (laughs) And I thought to myself, I got there, they had drug dealers, they had all the Down syndrome, different folks in there. And I was like looking around and I went home the one day after I first got there. And I sat at my table. I will never forget this. And I sat at my table and uh, not 2007, 1997, Lord have mercy, Lord, 1997. And I went and sat at my table by Lake Merritt in my apartment. And I said, God, what do I say to these young people? And that's where Business Plan for Life came from. I've been eating off of that concept since 1997. That concept has been put into contracts that I've gotten a $100,000 contract for. And this is why I'm trying to say, you can do nothing without God. You need to have him. And if you are an atheist, then you and I should have a chit chat because I used to be an atheist. I was a Christian atheist. So I'm very, very firm about why I pronounce Christ now because I was very much against the whole ideology uh, of religion and the whole bit. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But when I sat down and asked God, what do I do with these young people? The business plan for life came to me in full blown to have them to create a corporation of their life. That's how it came. That's how it came. And then I wrote it all out. And then this quote is what I'm going to leave you. This is the quote that came in my spirit that now people have called me and asked, can I put your quote in my book? a mentee of mine. It's just crazy stuff. And the quote is this, you guys, obstacles are things that are seen when you take your eyes off your goals. Obstacles are things that are seen when you take your eyes off your goals. I came into that classroom the next day. I said that quote, and it was like the kids got silent. I said, each one of you is a corporation. And I have a question for you. If you are a business 
and your business is designed to make money. Are you in the black? And people were looking around like, whoa. And the first person who jumped on board with the whole concept was the secret. I, I kind of had a thought in my head if he was a drug dealer. And, but he, he was the first one who said, I'll do whatever you're talking about, business plan for life. And it's an amazing story, amazing story. Long story short, he was cutting school. See, these are the kids that missed maybe 60, 70 days of school. And mm-hmm. so this was the only way they were gonna stay in school. He was cutting school. He was cutting school because his mother was on drugs and he was taking care of his second grade sister and selling the drugs to stay in the home, the apartment they were in. So when that the whole process came for us to do that, he ended up graduating. We ended so whole so it matters. Obstacles are things that are seen when you take your eyes off your goals. So keep your eyes on your goal. If your goal is $10 million. Stay focused. <laughs> and reach the 10 million. You can't do it. One thing. No celebration. Right. <laughs> one million women, not 9.999,000 women. I need one million women to walk off the weight of the world. And while you're talking about walking off the weight of the world, can you let everybody know where they can find you, where they can hear this brilliance, how they can be a part of an institute that is about building the whole part of you, your mental, your spiritual, your physical? Let let us know. So you can go right on over there to ldlempowermentgroup.com. And that is where we are in terms of being able to sign up. It's a powerful group. We've got some Harvard trained folks that are actually Harvard trained who say this has been the best education for them because I do kind of come very professorial. Like we have classes and master classes and, and share and learns. And, and we're not just talking. I put people to the test. Okay, great. Then you're on next week. What? And we're streaming live to Facebook. What? And so you better have your stuff together because it's representing my brand too. And so the LDL Empowerment Institute is a place where learning never, ever ends, but you will come to the knowledge of truth. And that's what we believe. Absolutely. I love it. I'm going to make sure I post all the links below. So all you have to do is check out below and I will make sure I have Lakita's email address, her social media handles, as well as her links so that you can join the LDL Empowerment Institute and walk off the weight of the world. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to the Diary of an Innovator. Please download, like, subscribe, share, and write a review because your opinion truly matters. Then go to our website and schedule your free coaching call and join our emailing list so we can help you bring your vision to life.